homily for Corpus Christi Sunday, June 14, 2020, St. Mary's Church, Grand Forks. Every week, parts of our country feel more unstable and embattled than before. Whereas in times past, stories of combat in the streets most came to us from faraway places like the Middle East, recently it is breaking out in cities right here in America. What is God offering to us in the turbulent times in which we live? Jesus did not throw in with those of his day who employed destruction, terror, and violence. He showed respect and reverence to those who were unaccustomed to receiving it because of the prejudice and revilement of their peers. What is the antidote that we have to offer to those seeking good ends by immoral means? Those groups overshadowing praiseworthy protests only to sow anarchy and chaos. We have the remedy, and we've had it all along. I'm referring to the body of Christ active in the world, especially the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. Think of the longing you had earlier this spring to be church again and receive Holy Communion. If I were not a priest, I would have been in the same boat with you. I am humbled and grateful that I was able to offer Holy Mass every day during the lockdown for all of our intentions, and that priests all over the country continue to do the same. In many dioceses in America, the faithful are just starting to resume public celebrations of Mass or are still waiting for that time to come. What a source of gladness it is for us that we've been back in the saddle for over a month now, given the restrictions. Before much longer, we will be able to let many of them lapse, like keeping holy water in our fonts, sitting closer to each other, exchanging the sign of peace, and so on. When it comes to belief in the real presence of Jesus and the Eucharist, the picture is anything but rosy. A smaller percentage of Catholics, it seems every time the question is asked, properly understand and accept this doctrine. As a shepherd of souls, this raises several questions in my mind. How many people have really come to love encountering Jesus Christ and have experienced that encounter meaningfully in the sacrament of Holy Communion? What can we do to help people reach that point? Can people truly forsake or despise what they didn't even know they were missing? Take the celebration of Mass, for example. What are the first things about the Catholic liturgy that we notice? For some, it's the style and sound of the music. For others, it's the language of the scripture readings and prayers. For still others, it may be the idiosyncrasies of the priest's personality. An effect that I contend has been greatly exaggerated since the Second Vatican Council. Regrettably, we see how easily a priest's idiosyncratic behaviors can be magnified, whereas in times past, they could blend in and nearly disappear at the altar. What happens when an external element of the liturgy annoys us? It puts up a kind of roadblock that will cause some of us to say, I don't like what I'm seeing or hearing, or this isn't what I bargained for, 
or this isn't for me? Why does the tremendous gift of the Eucharist fall prey to those minor elements? While at the risk of sounding dramatic, in such a case the devil has won a small victory. He has persuaded people to take their eye off the ball. In sowing that seed of discord, he's persuaded that person to turn his or her back on God's gifts. The harvest that follows is the bitter fruit of despair, restlessness, isolation, strained relationships, in short, the boring, well-worn path of sin. When we use the word evangelization as Catholics, it refers to this very stage in one's life, pulling our friends and family off the wide road to perdition and onto the narrow path leading to heaven. Evangelization is as simple as reintroducing our loved ones to Christ. It's his work, after all. He does the heavy lifting. But as St. Paul put it in his letter to the Romans, how can they believe in him if they have never heard of him? And how will they hear of him unless there is a preacher for them? How can we crave the presence of Christ inside us in Holy Communion as badly as our lungs crave oxygen or our parched mouths crave water unless we taste and see his goodness? How can our hearts ache for Christ unless we experience the difference inside us when we are not in communion with him. The hunger for Christ of which I am speaking is not a simple feeling one conjures up. It's a gift we can only receive, a gift he gives so freely and amply. Here's how I see it. There are many textbook answers I could give to explain and promote the gift of the Eucharist, but for now I'd just like to mention this one unique thing. Christ gave his church the Eucharist himself, to tangibly bless and sanctify the whole world. When we do this in memory of Jesus, what are we actually doing? We're bringing the holiness of God more deeply into the world and causing evil to scatter. We're dispelling the enemies of Christ in ourselves, in our families, and in the community in which we live. Think of the celebration of the Mass, the offering of Christ's sacrifice, as one continuous global exorcism, we might say, applying Jesus' victory over the power of evil. Today, let's declare to all whom we meet what a grand privilege it is to have Jesus abide in our hearts and our bodies from week to week, our whole lives. We receive from him an outstanding promise today. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in him. The church invites us not only to hold this attitude in our hearts, but to announce it in particular ways, like in the procession that we will have following the 8.30 a.m. Sunday Mass. Saturday the 13th of June is the memorial of St. Anthony of Padua. He's known best as the saint invoked for finding of lost articles. Corpus Christi Sunday reminds me of a story from his life that involves a sort of Eucharistic miracle. Anthony was a Franciscan friar and priest who spent most of his adult life in Italy before dying just short of his 36th birthday. There was a man named Bonanio who despised the faith 
and especially mocked the church's teaching on the Eucharist. Anthony exclaimed, If the mule you ride on would revere the Eucharist, would you then believe? Bonanio replied, Yes, okay, but let's raise the stakes. He starved that mule for three days and brought it into the town square in the city of Rimini, where he lived, with a trough of hay, and St. Anthony holding an open ciborium with consecrated hosts a few yards away. His idea was to denounce the dogma of the real Eucharist by exposing the Eucharist to the animal as ordinary food. St. Anthony fasted for three days also and devoted himself to prayer. Now when they brought the mule in, it reared back, sank down to its knees, stared at the Eucharist, and refused to move. Only when the Eucharist was removed did the ravenous beast walk over to the trough and eat the hay. Bononio and those gathered with him were dumbfounded. He immediately acknowledged his hardness of heart and guilt for committing such a sacrilege. St. Anthony of Padua, pray for us. Sacred Heart of Jesus, have mercy on us. Amen.